three, two, one. I'm the thing. And I'm Jason Voorhees. And this is... Lethal It's lonely in the shed tonight. It's very lonely. Lonely in the shed. Hello, lethal listeners. Lonely, two lonely boys. It's, it's just me and Jared on the podcast tonight. Yes, two lonely boys. Two lonely men in a dark, scary woodshed in the middle of the woods during Scaretober, all by ourselves. Oh. Jared, can you just put down that, that tome that you found underneath the floorboards? Which, this one? Yeah, that one that had the kind of skeleton's hand wrapped around it, bound in uh, human skin. Can you just put it down? But it looks so cool. Well, I just don't think you should read it. I just don't think you should. What, let me see. What? Mbade Shanama Hibi Skulula. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Zombies outside now, Jerry. Look at that. Zombies outside now. Crap you, you, here's the shotgun, you can deal with it. Go on. Okay. Thank you. Bill, Bill. Yeah? I shot my foot. <sighs> Jared. I know. You just have to use the, the wood burner and just kind of steal the stump. Okay. You're a doctor, you can do it, can't you? Hold on, hold on. Ooh, that's, that's, that's sting a little bit, did it? That's a spot. That's good, that's good. Yeah. Well, just sit down in this scary, rickety old uh, rocking chair. Okay. Fine, okay. Next to the open fire. Excellent. That's good. Just, just be careful with your stump again, okay? Just. Oh my god, just... do I hear a monkey? <laughs> what the hell's a monkey doing in here? What the, what, and what's, what's with the fire engine? I don't know. Well, it's because your foot's on fire, that's why. Listen, can you hear that? It's a wheel. A what? A wheel. A wheel. Whale. A whale, okay, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, obviously it's the evil whale from um, the alternate Star Trek universe. Oh my god, Phil. (laughs) What is it now? It's Martin Short. Well, I think any time, unless you're not intelligent, that you are. <laughs> Fuck you, Martin Short. <laughs> Prick. Give me that shotgun. Foolish not to jump at it. I, I made a joke. Uh, that'll sell his hash. Mm. Don't he doesn't it. rise from the grave. I'll make sure of that. Hold on. That's his head gone. Excellent. Good work. This is why do we keep coming back to the shed? It's rubbish. <laughs> you thought we'd have learned our lesson by now. You've lost well, your foot. 
My foot will grow back. It's okay. Oh, sorry, that's right. I trust your opinion. You are a doctor. Yes. Cool. Cool. So other than fighting zombies and having your shot blown off by yourself, how are you doing, Jared? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty pretty cool. Oh, I move in two weeks. Did you know I, that? I didn't know that. Where are you moving to now? I'm moving somewhere else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Great I story. always move. <laughs> Great story, Jared. I'm always moving. I like to move, man. Does that mean you're going to lose your awesome fiber optic broadband? No, it's transferable. Ah, oh, you lucky beast, you. Yes. Uh, it does mean I probably won't be on the next episode, though. Shocking. Oh. <laughs> well, we should probably mention that we're already one person down this week anyway. Oh, where are we? Yeah. Uh, you know, well, what's his face? The other guy. Um, uh, uh, Ryan. No, 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 I killed him last week. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, no, he's outside talking about flux capacitors. Uh, Jimmy Savile. No, no, we can't talk about him. Okay. Uh, ben. No, he's in France teaching the uh, the English, uh, sorry, the French how to speak English. <laughs> the English how to speak French yeah. as well. Yeah, because I, uh, I, I actually got a recording of him uh, in his class teaching the French how to speak English. Hold on, let me just put it in here for you. Good morning. <laughs> Outside your coffee was this bunch of diffidels and doozies. <laughs> Pinned to them is a knit. <laughs> Pardon me if I love you, but I have my dirty to do. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. It's doing uh, well. Martin. Martin. That's the one. Marty. Martin with the most scare Tobin name, Martin Kilbane. <laughs> and he's not even here. Not even here. He's, he's, he's got man flu. Sorry, he's got the um, some kind of virus from a scary film. He's got a runny nose. Yeah, I've got a runny nose. Listen. Ooh, that sounds runny. Yeah, and I still dragged my ass onto this podcast. It's runny as a waterfall. It is, it is. I've already dripped snot on a notebook. It's not good. A bit gross. Mm, soak that but, in. You know, you've got an old school lethal watching. Just the two. Just the two of us. And this, and this huge box of sound effects. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So, well, what was the plan, Phil? You know, because it's been a while since it's just been the two of us. Well, I've got, I've got an agenda. I've had to dump the quiz because you can't really have a quiz against yourself, can you? <laughs> I like to quiz myself. <laughs> Am I awesome? Yes, I win. <laughs> no, I would say that you're wrong. You lose. I lose? What? Oh, I'm not even in the quiz. Well, there you go. This is a shit quiz. The quiz will strike at any moment. Just get on with the agenda, for Christ's sake. Yes, it works better that way. It Go. Does. Go. It's lethal watching. So, Jared, we're on to the agenda. Uh, what was the last film that you saw? Ooh, the last film that I saw was Safe with Jason Statham. Ooh. Was it good? Is it's quite good. Yes, it's very much uh, Jason Statham doing some ass kicking. Now this is the one. If correct me if I'm wrong, where he kind of rescues a girl or a child or yeah, something. Yeah, she uh, basically. It's it's just yeah, it's just this Jason Statham uh, basically uh, sees this. Uh, it starts off this Chinese girl. Uh, is kidnapped because she's like super mad, intelligent, and she re- can remember everything. And 
um, these mobsters, Chinese gangsters, want to take her to America because the guy doesn't doesn't like computers. So she basically does all his books for him and like Makes remembers sense. everything. Um, and Jason Statham's well, you don't know what he is to start off with. He just he's some sort of fighter, well, and he, he clearly um, he's Jason Statham. Yeah, he he punches some guy, and I don't know. It just he shows him in a hospital, and everybody's mad with him. And then these people, he gets into trouble because he was supposed to um, throw the fight, but because the guy he punched went down in one punch, it meant that that went out the window. But it's not his and fault, so, is it? Yeah, well, you know, but the Russian gangsters go after him, kill his wife, and basically say they're going to let him live, but anybody that he ever, busy, anybody he talks to or knows, they'll kill. That's a, that's a trifle harsh. So he basically just has to disappear and he just sort of lives in homeless shelters and doesn't speak to anything, anybody and all this kind of guy. And he gives some guy in the homeless shelter his shoes because his feet are really bad because he's, you know, he's a heart of gold. Just yeah, Stephen. of course he's. Just um, and then like the next morning he wakes up with the man's throat's been slipped and all this kind of stuff. So I'm basically giving the whole plot. But anyway, he finds <laughs> out he's, a, go, Jared. Uh, he's an ex-super cop man, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> okay. Um, and then he just is that his about. official title in the police force? Yeah, it's basically they just call him like he's just like called like the you know he was part of this crack team, but like he was the the crackiest in the crack team. Got yeah. Um, Again, just, because he's Jason Statham, it makes sense. Yeah, and because he's got super cop skills, he recognizes the wee guard escapes somehow, and he recognizes there's something going on because she's in a subway. And she's hiding from these people. And of course, the people she's hiding from are the gangsters who killed his wife. So he gets a chance to kick some ass and kick some ass. And then it all spirals from there. And it just goes on for the rest of the film. Then him kicking ass. And... In so a good way, I cool. take it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. So I it's quite not, liked it. It's not like, because uh, it seems like a bit of a remake of the Bruce Willis film Mercury Rising. Um... Which was the film before... Is that away. where he has an autistic kid? Yeah, the autistic kid one. Yeah, I suppose in that way it's similar, but the wee girl's not autistic. She's just really super smart. So they got that original. <laughs> oh, but yeah. It's good. It's good. I, I would I would say definitely check it out. Up here, Jason Statham, then. Yeah, you know, the, if you're the, Jason Statham, if you like Jason Statham, you'll definitely like it. I'll get on that then. You know, but, so... But then, if we're talking about uh, super cops who just get called in to be super cops, super cop, meet the cop who can't be stopped. Exactly. Well, the last film I watched was, uh, well, if you could describe that kind of uh, that kind of crime as a disease, there would only be one cure. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Demolition Man. Oh, Cobra, is it Marion Cabretti? Cobra. Cobra. I thought it was Cobra. Cobra. I was, yes. For some reason, I don't know why. Do you know why I thought it was Demolition Man? Because I saw it was on TV last night. It was kind of like, did Phil maybe watch that last? But then I was kind of like, no, I think it's Cobra. Cobra. Yeah, so I watched Cobra. Which again is like, he's just some kind of randomly awesome cop, isn't he, in that film? He just, he's just, he's, he has awesome shades. Because it's like, I remember at the beginning where there's like the hostage situation and the guy just goes, oh, call the Cobra. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Here I go. You know it's Cobra. My name yeah. is Cobra, and I'm going to beat you up. So that was good. It's a good man-punching film, that. Cobra in your face. Cobra in your face with a laser sight machine gun. Does he, he, he does use that machine gun, doesn't he, on the cover? Uh, I think he does. He does. That's not too bad. You know, but, it's, actually been, so it's been quite a while since I've actually seen all of Cobra. 
we should make an effort next time it's on. Five star, get on that stuff. I'll tell you, do you know, do you know why I watched it? What? 
because I need I needed a palate cleanser because you know what I watched earlier on that day. What Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? What you boy? I just thought you know we talked about it recently, and I thought I'll, I'll, we had that big debate about whether it's good or not, and it can be compared to uh, Kingdom Skull. And I thought, you know what? I'll give it a go. Watch it again, and it still rubs. Yeah, it's still properly rubbish. And if you think that film is better than uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, then you've got issues. <laughs> you just got issues all up in your tissues, my friend. And you and need to have a. You need to have a you've got issues. You've got issues. You need to have a conversation with yourself because it's just a bad. It's just not. A, it's just. <laughs> Okay. I forgot the kid said wizard. Yeah. You know? And like when the, the, the slave guy says, oh, you can go fix some things for me. And he's like, yippee! Oh, God. It's a bad film. Yeah. Pod racing's all right, though. Yeah, people sort of, a lot of people though now, know, I remember when it came out, people were saying pod, race, you know, pod, the pod racing was the best bit. Yeah. But, it's certainly um, the most kind of original yeah but now everybody's kind of like oh it's just this vacuous empty sort of action sequence but you know it was it was it was essentially just for the what do you call it the toys toys and the cgi and all that kind of stuff you know as vacuous empty action sequences go it's not bad you know it's not bad the the cg really looks bad in places there's a few aliens you kind of look jesus christ they look like something out of reboot yeah but then it's shit it is shit. So, uh, so I watched it and I was like, "Oh, why did I do that to myself?" And then I needed an, uh, a palate cleanser, so on went the cobra. Yeah. And I just pictured all the uh, all the bad guys that cobra punched was the face of uh, uh, young Anakin Skywalker, Jake Lloyd. Doof in your face. Yippee! Punch. Wizard punch. <laughs> just mm-hmm. get him out of. Oh, just get him out of my face. Just, just get, just kill him. Um. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's it bad. bad. It's bad. Yeah. The, the other thing, I briefly, just I mean, as well, I had watched was that Snow White and the Huntsman this week. Which, because you remember, and I talked about that mirror, mirror. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like two. Well, well, Snow White and the Huntsman is a much better film. Yeah. It's not a great film. It's it's better than Mirror, Mirror. Um. Is that a good thing, though? Well, I could watch Snow White and the Huntsman again, whereas I probably wouldn't bother with Mirror Mirror, so... <laughs> what a great review that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I also, I did watch, uh, as well, last week, uh, 21 Jump Street. Oh, the... Uh, what's it like? It's it's funnier than it has any right to be. It yeah. really honestly I've heard is. that. That seems to be what everybody said about it, that it was actually a lot funnier than they realized yeah, because thought... uh, the main guys are Channing Tatum and the the kind of mini Seth Rogen guy can't, can't yeah um, uh, Jonah Hill yeah and I kind of find them to be kind of annoying presences in films like Channing Tatum was probably the weakest part of the G.I. Joe film well that's because Joan... he, he can't act, he can't act. But, and Jonah Hill I can kind of take him or leave him I'd rather just watch the Seth Rogen yeah, film yeah I sort of just depends like, I love him in Superbad mm, yeah. I think he's great in that yeah but in this, like their their comedy partnership works really well. Cool, and it kind of you know good. good is it kind of like the film that the other guys was should have been or wanted to be. Have you seen the other guys? Yeah, I saw the other guys at cinema. Um, yeah, it kind of does. Like I think it, 
I think the the, the remember the parts of the film uh, the other guys where it had Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock as the awesome yeah cop team. the awesome cop team it kind of veers more towards that being that kind of film right yeah but it's it's worth a watch it's really funny some parts it is actually properly hysterical cool and even with even more weirdly it's from the same directors who did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs yeah cool how weird is that it's weird so yeah I recommend that I recommend Cobra and don't watch Phantom Menace. That's the story of my week. <laughs> right, uh, new topic. I got a whole new uh, subtitle for a topic. Go. I might even try and find like some loops in GarageBand and make it like a little theme for it. Okay. Because it's called "Where Opposites Attack." Weird opposites attack. It sounds interesting. Yeah, because uh, you kind of uh, touched on it earlier, Gerard. When Did you, I? When you referred, oh, well, I'm just that kind of awesome. Yeah, when you referred to uh, Mirror Mirror and the Hunts on the Huntsman. Oh, I get you. This I is get about, you. you have, this is about those times when you get two films of the same ilk released in the same year. Yeah, I get you now. So the... Um, the best example would be when Deep Impact and Armageddon were released in the same year. Yeah. yeah? And uh, uh, Volcano and Dante's Peak. Yeah. You with me, Gerard? You with me? I get you. I yes. know what you're talking about now. So what I've got here, I've got a list of horror films with similar themes that were released in the same year. And we're going to compare them and see which is best. Because they're okay. going to attack each other. Do this shit. What do you think of that? Think of I that? like it. How's that? Like That's it. good, isn't it? It's good. I thought I was pleased with myself. Right, um, I'll start with one that's a bit vague. I'm not sure if I've seen one of them, but we'll give it a go and see what happens. Let's do it. Okay, the year, Jared, and I'm going to take you back. The year is, the year is, yeah. Thank you. The year is 1984. Yeah. And uh, we have a horror film about uh, people who go into dreams and yeah, cause yeah. all kinds of trouble and scary yeah. trouble and stuff. Yeah, uh, with the film Dreamscape. Okay, yeah. Starring yeah. Dennis Quaid. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And The Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. Yeah. The uh, Dream which, Invasion was that films. The first one. No, which one was The Nightmare on Elm Street? The Dream Warriors one? No, the, fir- the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, the first one? Yeah. Oh, and the other okay. film, and the other film, of course, cool everything dreams. was dreams in Nightmare on Elm Street, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then we've got uh, this other film, uh, Dreamscape, which is kind of horror action sci fi kind of, film. yeah, okay, yeah, cool, I get you. Yeah, so, um, but are they similar? Well, really? read more into it, no, because <laughs> I just kind of went through a list of that's horror a good films. start, Phil, to this topic. Uh, that's why you, that's why I did this one first to get out of the way because I wasn't sure about it. <laughs> Because, to be fair, I was kind of struggling when I got down to this one. I thought, well, I'll put that one on there. Yeah. Because it went on the list. This is one of the first films that had a PG-13 rating, so it was scary. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary. The second film to be released with a PG-13 rating. Yeah, okay. So it's scary. Um, but obviously not as scary as The uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a proper actual horror film. <clears throat> but I yeah. quite want to see Dreamscape because the cast looks really good. Cool. you got Dennis Quaid, Max von Sydow, Christopher Plummer. Cool. Kate Capshaw, George Went. That's pretty cool. Pretty good cast. I don't, I'm, I just, 
No, I, I, one of those things. I don't. I'm not even sure if it's. If I might have seen it a while ago, but I can't even think. I don't, I don't think I've seen it. So I think by default, I like my Elm Street's better. Never mind, eh? Never mind. So I'll give you that first one was a bit of a bust. That was a bit of a bust. Yes. Okay, but we'll uh, we'll step it up a gear. Okay. 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 Go gonna for bump, it. Gonna bump you forward a couple of years, or so, or two. Three. Yeah. Yeah. 1987. And we have okay. the Lost Boys, yes, and Near Dark. Oh, okay. Well... Two films about a young boy joining up a family of vampires. Yeah, again, yes, yeah, vampires and vampires, but again, very, very different movies. Totally different, but aren't they both about a young man who gets uh, sucked into a family of vampires by a girl? Okay, that is true. In yes. your face, Gerard. In your face! Yeah, that is true. Yeah, okay, there, so man. there is a link, yeah. Got you there. It's funny because these are, I suppose, the ones that I have in mind are obviously the more obvious ones that we'll probably come to later. Yeah. Like you mentioned, like Dante's Peak and stuff like that. But these ones are not ones that I would, you know, initially... I know you don't think about that. Really think about, yet. but yeah, you know, when you say it like that, it's really, whether it's just because they were they're so long, long ago, if you know what I mean. I can't even yeah. believe Near Dark was the same year as Lost Boys. That's crazy. 1987. 1987. That's bonkers. Have that in your face. I mean, Near Dark, uh, I think, has probably held up better. You reckon? Uh, to, well, no, you're probably right there because Lost Boys is a really properly 1980s film, isn't it? Yes, it's like it's it's dated in that regard. You know, it is very it is very 80s, whereas Near Dark could, I think, be any time. There's yeah. nothing really that holds it to the 80s. No. Probably because it was made as a sort of an almost a western anyway. Yeah, that is more western film. Whereas, yeah, Lost Boys, it was well, it wasn't a very big budget, eight point five million, which is in the eighties is still not much. Yeah, Near Dark probably there's not really much to it apart from the acting. I suppose. Yeah, you've got Corey Haim and Feldman in Lost Boys, which makes it even more eighties. Yeah, anything with Corey Feldman. Definitely the eighties. Um, so I would probably say Near Dark is the better film. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I was never, never a massive Lost Boys fan anyway. Was that just down to uh, the Jason Patrick in the league? Because he's not exactly the most charismatic fellow. No, it just, I don't know. I just didn't, um, I just don't think I really was, was into it. I don't know. It just never really clicked for me. Whereas yeah. I love Near Dark. Okay, there you go. But I probably didn't see near, well no I would say I probably did still see Near Dark not that long after it was out probably a couple of years uh, well because Lost Boys was the biggest success wasn't it it was quite a big was it uh, a big film it must have been because I remember seeing it on like on TV and stuff Lost Boys yeah used to be on because it got kind of swept up in the whole kind of 80s kind of MTV kind of stuff didn't it that's, yeah. really, that's at least my recollection of it no, I think Lost Boys was one of those things that was on fairly regularly. Yeah, I had cousins who, excuse me, who loved it, and they would uh, they had it you know taped off the TV, and so I think it would, would always they would they would have had it on all the time anyway. Are they the mean ones who'd make little Jared watch bad films? Yes, those same ones. Little bastards, poor little Jared. <laughs> so yeah, so like, Mere Dark is the better film there. Okay. Um, we'll go for a big one because it's an easy one. I'm going to take you back a few more years. Yeah. 1981. 
Oh, we're going back. We're going back, 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 now, back. 1981, uh, the start of the greatest decade of all time, to uh, a film with a stunning werewolf transformation sequence. Uh-huh. The Howling. Yes. And an American werewolf in London. Ah, that is, that is a good... Uh... Yeah, both released in 1981. Both, I think, was it the same effects guy, Rob Bottin, worked on both films? Oh, it was. Yeah, that's a question. You you need to Wikipedia it quickly once you talk about stuff. Check that shit out. Yeah, the hiding and uh, and, and suppose quite similar. I think they must be because it's they're quite similar. Probably uh, the, the same kind of technique is used. Yeah, yeah. God's sake! Load up Wikipedia. Rick Baker. There we go. Oh, so it wasn't. Was, or was it, it Rick Baker did both? Rick Baker did. Yeah, well, he was well. He's marked down as a special makeup effects consultant on the Howling. If I remember it right, the Howling was in production first, and Rick Baker had done the effects for the transformation sequence. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, no. I'll tell like uh, Rick Baker worked on it, but he left it to work on American Werewolf in London, and Rob Bottin took over and then uh, did the transformation sequence. Okay. Yeah. I suppose you wonder how much of. Uh... Um, the kind of techniques know, between the two. How much of it went across from what you know thing had done? But I think I think the American Werewolf in London one's better, even though they're kind of basically the same. Yeah, I, 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 the oh same. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just generally like that film better. Yeah, because the Howling is just weird. Because this is the one yeah. with the kind of weird werewolf sex. It's just weird werewolf sex stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and no one wants to see the Doctor from uh, Voyager turn into a werewolf. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, no, it's just weird, weird, yeah, weird one. Yeah, so that's an easy one as far as I'm concerned. It's American Wolf in London. Definitely. Because that is right bang in the middle of John Landis' period of making the best films. Yeah. Because that's what, uh, Blues Brothers, Trading Places, and then this. Like, those yeah. three films made in the row, that's ridiculous. That's no, ridiculous. I think that, I think definitely, I'm with you, I think that's the the most, definitely, definitely, definitely better film. Yeah, so screw you with The Howling. Yeah, howl off. How, <laughs> I like it, howl off. And then we got, uh, we're going to go forward quite a few years now, Jared. Oh no, forward, right, 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 right. We're going to go to the eve of the new millennium. Oh my god. In 1999. And we've got, released in the same year, The Haunting and The House on Haunted Hill. No, well, that, that, they were the same, that, they were both from that ghost house. The one in the sixties, Dark Tower, one of them weird ones. I can't remember. They were from the same people, weren't they? Was it Ghost House Pictures? Um, I don't think so. Wiki that. I'm wikiing it as we speak. Uh, wiki that be... shit. I think it was the same people made the two because there was that, and there was House and Hotel, and then there was not too long after that there was uh, Thirteen Ghosts because they're all they were all remakes of old. Um, 50s B movie horror yeah. films, weren't they? Yeah, because The Haunting is a remake of. Um... I think it was still just called The Haunting. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah The Haunting, which is actually a really scary film. I think they're here. all the same names. Yeah. Um... And The House on Haunted Hill's remake of The House on Haunted Hill, which I think. Uh... Was that a film with Vincent Price in it? I'm just trying to. Yeah, Vincent yeah, Price I film. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Vincent, Vincent Price, Price film. And, but The Haunting was like a black and white film that was proper scary. I've seen that. A while ago, and it was it, that is a good film. 
I'm trying to remember it. And it was 13 Ghosts was one of the, was a 3D one, I think. Was it a 3D uh, film, was it? Because I remember seeing it on DVD. Or, no, it wasn't 3D, but it, it had this cheap gimmick, right? Where what it, it gave people glasses and they were just bog standard, normal glasses. But what it would do is it would tell them to take them off and on. And it would say, put your glasses on now. And so they would put their glasses on like the people in the film. Because the fil- in the film, in both films, they have these glasses that they wear. which uh, Okay, ghosts. I remember that kind of bit, yeah. yeah. So, the, so the people in the cinema would all put their glasses on like the people in the in the, in the the theatre. And the film, there was no Synergy. special magic. The ghost would just appear on the screen as normal, whether you had your glasses on or not. Yeah. But because people were putting their glasses on, it was the trick is as if they were putting their glasses on and then able to see the ghost. Well, I'm going, to have to, I'm going to have to hold you to that because the uh, I'm going to have to believe it because the Wikipedia does not mention it at all. It is, yeah, it was. I remember seeing it. Uh, oh God, what did I, I think? I don't know why I saw that. No, but that's true. I remember seeing that. That's but these were the, um, this the the company made Thirteen Ghosts was the same people who made House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, I thought that. Did oh, so was that. The, was the haunting not the same then? No, that was made by DreamWorks. Ah, well, there we go. Directed by Yann de Bont of Speed fame. Yandabont? Yeah, Bond. Now, I'm going to say both films are rubbish, but The Haunting is better because it's got Liam Neeson in it. Is The Haunting the one that's in a house as well? Yeah. That's got uh, Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson as the three main leads. Is he like Dreams? Is something to do with Dreams, is it? Some kind of psychological... Psychotherapist uh, or something, isn't he? uh, The Doctor's true purpose is to study the psychological response to fear, tend to expose his subjects to increasing amounts of terror. I'm guessing bad stuff happens to him. But yeah, this is Liam Neeson punching. Does he punch ghosts in the, in the throat? I say he does. Not at all. Well, that's 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 a mark in its, you know, against it. And it won a lot of Razzies, that film did. Good Lord. Swept oh. the board. But yeah, I think The Haunting's better solely because of the, the uh, appearance of Liam Neeson. Uh, I don't know. I think I saw House on Haunted Hill in the cinema. So I'm going to say that one. <laughs> Because I wanted to see that one at the time. I don't know. I don't think I don't think either are very good. They're not very good. But Liam Neeson, come on. Well, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. And then, so we go to the last one then. We're gonna go th- we're gonna go into the new century now, Gerard. New century. We're gonna go into two thousand and four. Yes. We're gonna see a world decimated by a zombie apocalypse. In the remake of Dawn of the Dead, uh-huh. and also and... Shaun of the Dead. Oh. It's going to be twenty-eight days later or something. No, oh, actually, can we can we make it make it quadruple? Was that right? I think that was the year before. Okay. Oh, you know when it was? When two thousand and two. Okay. But that, that is the film that kind of started the zombie because horror. Because 28 yeah, because Donald Day has fast zombies in it, and it was 28 days later, which... Yeah. You're breaking up quite a bit now, Really? Zombies, apparently, but no. You know what year 28 Days Later came out in? What year? 2002. Ah, you see, because it was the first fast-running non-zombies. Yeah. Oh, where do we stand on that, Jared? Zombie non-zombie? Uh, no, zombie, uh, running or shambling? Um, don't really care. Really? Um, yeah, don't really care. They have... Um, no, give a crap. Yeah, they have 
you know, they have easy, they have their own things, you know, yeah. there's no, there's no real, I can, you know, as long as they're not, as long as they're, I mean, the whole thing about slow zombies is, is obviously it's when they're, it's this, it's the amount of them. Yeah. Huge um, numbers whereas of them, yeah. with fast zombies, it's the, they'll run after you and, you know, um, get you with one or two, you know, that sort yeah. of way. So uh, as long as, as long as they're both done within their own rules, I have no problems. Fair enough. Cause both Shaun of the Dead and, and Dawn of the Dead are probably like, you know, they're both on different sides of the fence, aren't they? Cause Shaun of the Dead is firmly in the Romero shambling zombies. Yeah. And Dawn of the Dead is fully on, fully on board with the running zombies. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's difficult because I quite, I quite like, I quite like the Dawn of the Dead remake. It wasn't a bad film. The Dawn of the, I, I, and this is one of the reasons why I don't, I don't really count um, Zack Snyder as a write-off because I do really enjoy that. Also, yeah, it's a, nice, it's a really good bleak film, especially the ending. Yeah, when you get into the footage at the end of the film. That's really bleak. Yeah, no, I, I, I really, uh, I, I have. Um, a lot of liking for um, yeah, for that film. And apparently, both would be uh, this and Shaun of the Dead were to be released on the same day at one point in the uh, in the UK, right? Then, which is crazy, really. It was very crazy. So I think Shaun of the Dead was put back, and I think Shaun of the Dead is the better film. Yeah, because Shaun of the Dead's got a much more of a kind of emotional heart to it. Uh, yeah. Well. I mean, I suppose Shaun of the Dead is the more classical. Yeah, but it's like movie, isn't it? think it's specifically the scene. You know, spoilers on folks. If you don't want it spoiled, just you know, mm. go outside the shed and deal with the zombie corpse outside. The uh, scene with his mum when she's turning, and like yeah, yes. he's, he's got a killer. That's I don't think there's a moment in the Dawn of the Dead film that's quite got that same kind of emotion attached to it. No. I mean, no, there's, the, there's the baby thing, which is just kind of gross, kind of body horror. Yeah, but you're not that attached to the character like you always shown. No, I, I definitely, I think, um, I think you're right. I think the, um, it's, I suppose it's that it's, I don't know why. I think it's just, it's just, it's, I think it's just the acting and everything with it. You know, it just, it, it just comes across as just sort of like really you know, gut-wrenching, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't realise... What's quite clever is you're kind of chucking along and kind of enjoying the scares and stuff. And then yeah. It's, when that scene happens, you kind of realise they actually kind of care about the characters. Yeah. It's a nice little kind of bait-and-switch moment in the film. You go, yeah. actually, I care about what's going on in this film. He can't shoot his mum. Exactly. It's the lady from um, Soap Opera. No, sitcom. What's she in? Ever decreasing circles? <laughs> I think. Let's say that she was. Yeah, she was. She was. So it was kind of you know, scary. So I, I, but I still enjoy. Like I think, obviously, Day, uh, Dawn of Dead's got the bigger budgets. It's got the kind of more, um, the greater set pieces. Like when they, um, oh yeah, definitely. When they're escaping out in the kind of two vans and they set that big bomb off and all the zombies fall over. That's I like that bit. That's funny. No, it's I, I probably I, I find that a hard call between what's the best one. I'm going to the Dead. Okay. Yes! I win. <laughs> don't know how I do. Yeah, and that, that's all I've got on my list of uh, opposites, opposites attack. Ah. Yeah. So, 
Well, I mean, the other ones we mentioned, you mentioned were the Don't They Speak Armageddon. Yeah. And uh, what else was there? Um, well, I'm doing specifically horror ones today, so. Oh, true, true, true. This was, this was of course, this was a um, Halloween episode. Well done. Scaretober. Scaretober special. Excellent. Yeah. It does happen a lot. It happens more than you think. It happens more than you think, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, even yeah. Uh, last year you had um, uh, Melancholia and After Earth. Mm-hmm. Two films about another Earth appearing, another planet appearing, and making things kind of funky. Happens yeah. on the time shroud. The Raid and Dread. Yes, true. Or, has anybody called it yet? The Dread. The Dread. The Dread. Dread. It's like the Dread. Does that work as a pun? No. Uh. It's lethal watching. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Gerald, there's no quiz this week. I know you're upset. Am I awesome? Yes, I win. <laughs> still win, yeah. Especially after the uh, the high production values of last week's catchphrase quiz. <laughs> did, you actually, did you actually bother Gerard to listen to it? Uh, the quiz? Yeah. No, I'll do it now. <sighs> Thanks, Gerard. Thanks for that. Because I, I, I did actually find all the, most of the kind of music from catchphrase on our website. Like, you know, when like, they do the catchphrase in the music plays, I actually found it. I put real effort into it to kind of make it look a bit as good as possible. Well, I listen to it now, Phil. You're not going to listen to it because 50 episodes ago, you said you'd watch Split Second and you're still not. Oh, but that's, that take hours. This will only take five I, 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 Ice Pirates. You said you watch Ice Pirates as well. You still don't watch that. That's shit. You're just, you're just a big liar, Jared. <laughs> because you live in Ireland. Lyreland. 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 That's where you live. Lyreland. Think of that. So you're not going to be here next week? Um, what a no. shame. No, I don't think I will because I think just, you know, with the moving and that, it just might be a bit much. You could live Skype your move. That'd be good. Mm, you could do, but quite boring, probably, for people. But we'll have to wait and see, won't we, Jared? Okay. You don't know until you try it. No, no, I'll think about it. And you won't do it because you're a swine. I'm a liar. You're a liar from Lyreland. Lyreland. Yeah, so uh, Martin might be back. Yeah, who um, knows? I'm guessing we're going to have to replace you with somebody else, so we'll find somebody. You're, yeah, you've been off warning. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank you, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's the first of the Skatober specials done. Was was the next one? I suppose it will be a, a, yeah. a special too, won't it? It's all scare. It's all scaretober all the time this month. Yeah, because it's scaretober. Yeah, true. Okay. It still will be, won't it? So we'll have some more spooky stuff next week. Spooky, spooky, doogie. That's as long as we get out of the shed alive. Yeah, we'll we'll try. Yeah, oh, there's some more zombies coming in. Jared, use old penis one. Well, what I'm going to use is my chicken firing gun. Here we go. Wow. Yeah. Take that. That was, that was certainly a sound effect, wasn't it? No, indeed. It was, yeah. Woo. I'm also going to use this gun that I found that makes this noise like a baby's cry that's been slowed down. I actually refuse to put that sound fact in there because that is a horrific sound. I haven't listened to it. I need to listen to it now. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> I, well, as it's scared over, we'll, we'll go out on that then. 
<laughs> Hope you like listening to it, folks. <laughs> Get over. Thumbs up. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Lethal Watching was brought to you by Phil Doyle and Gerard Boyle in association with abadeducation.com. <laughs>